Welcome back to Burgundy Blogcast. This is Brent from Burgundy Blog. It's Sunday, November 19th, 2023, 9 p.m. hour. Earlier today, your commanders lost 31-19 to the Giants at FedEx, falling to 4-7 on the year. The Giants started their third-string quarterback, Tommy DeVito, a guy who was never supposed to see the field this year, a guy who had never won a start, a guy who threw for less than 90 yards last week against the Cowboys. And the commanders, of course, were playing at home, and they lost to this dude and to the Giants, who came in at 2-8. and eight. Now, this game did not occur in prime time, so most of the country, mercifully, will never know that this game even happened. But its relative unimportance and obscurity notwithstanding, this is as bad and humiliating a loss as Ron Rivera has ever overseen as head coach of the Washington American football players. It was extremely pathetic, inexcusable, indefensible, Bad as it's ever been, and as you know, that is really saying something. It's not going to be possible for Ron Rivera to explain or defend this loss in any way. Collectively, it was a totally unprofessional effort. They were almost double-digit favorites playing at home against a team with no quarterback and no offensive line, with nothing to play for in a doomed season. Nonetheless, they never led in this game, and it took some heroics in the fourth quarter to make it even feel remotely close. In his post-game presser, I guess somewhat almost to his credit, Rivera really didn't even try to defend it, saying instead, more than once, that any explanation he might give would be viewed as an excuse. So he really, except in the most very broad terms, did not even attempt to give one. In the coming days, if he remains the coach, he will not, as he usually does, be able to chalk this game up to learning and growing or developing or any of that other nonsense. He's really got nowhere to go because it's just so obviously the end of the road. Now it's kind of an interesting situation because objectively, For a team coached by a fourth-year head coach and a fourth-year defensive coordinator, the product on the field so far this year and in recent weeks pretty objectively demands the firing of at least the DC, if not the HC. However, they might get saved by either Josh Harris's predetermined commitment to a full season's worth of patience or just logistically by the fact that the team has to play Dallas on Thanksgiving only four days from now. And I'm not totally sure it's practically feasible to turn the whole thing over on a week like that, at least without risking historic national embarrassment. Not that Rivera and Del Rio can't deliver that as it is. As I laid out on last week's pod, I'm not totally sure it really matters much one way or the other. I suppose, yes, you technically could turn it over to Bienemy, but to do that tonight or tomorrow, I think, would almost be cruel because he would certainly be set up for disaster on Thanksgiving. Now that it's crystal clear to everyone drawing breath that a regime change is coming, I anticipate that more and more of you will join me in turning your goals and aspirations from pointless wins to instead the possibility of a top five draft pick. The Commanders got nine sacks on Tommy DeVito, but they lost the game because they turned it over six times. That is a wild combination of numbers. The defensive front seven was able to put lots of pressure on DeVito, 
but the secondary is one of the worst I've ever seen. They're still missing Derek Forrest, but he really wasn't even playing that well before he got hurt. And as for injuries and absences, that's pretty much it. No other excuses. Ostensibly, there's a fair amount of natural talent in these defensive backs. I mean, no stars, but some highly drafted guys and generally well-regarded guys. So the total ineptitude of this secondary has got to fall on Del Rio and the DB's coach Brent Wieselmeyer, who took over after Chris Harris departed. And in retrospect, maybe that seemingly innocuous change played uh, an outsized role in this season being just totally ruined. It's been like this all year, and, and honestly, it seems to be getting even worse. It seemed like DeVito had wide open guys all game. So I don't know why you would expect any kind of turnaround. This is obviously going to keep happening. That said, if you really want that high pick, I think keeping this coaching staff intact might actually be how you get there. Sam Howell had a bad game. Over 30 completions, but relatively low total yardage and yards per attempt. Four sacks and, most importantly, three picks. Plus at least that one other pass that easily should have been picked off by Pinnock that hit him in between the numbers. So clearly a rough outing and not a supportive data point for those of us who think he should keep the gig. Overall, he just did not have good accuracy or his baseline accuracy. That said, uh, he certainly didn't fold. He had a beastly touchdown run, extremely physically impressive. He engineered a long touchdown drive toward the end that brought the game to within one score. Granted, that was aided by several Giants penalties, but he capped it with a nice touchdown pass to Dotson. He made several other plays with his legs in the game, and certainly had a few good throws. I didn't really see it as a total disaster for him. I mean, I'm not trying to let him off the hook. It was bad. This, to me, did not feel anywhere near as bad as he looked in the Bills game, which you may recall I attended. After that one, I thought his career might be doomed. In this game, I thought he was just normal bad. The pick six at the end obviously was hideous, but I don't really care about that as much as some other fans. Yeah, they were still alive and they were driving, but, I mean, that was desperation time. He was ill-advised, but I suspect he felt like he had to be a hero. Anyway, I view this game a little bit less as some kind of huge step back for Hal as more just a missed opportunity to step forward. I'm going to conclude this short and morose episode by reiterating my philosophy that when a football organization undergoes a wholesale change in front office and coaching staff, there is effectively zero emotional and cultural carryover. Now, I suppose the caveat here is that if somehow Biennemi survives, then maybe in that case there might be some relevant emotional memory. But if we operate under the assumption that it's a full wipeout, what I'm saying is that I don't believe there is any advancement or development or momentum to be gained from late season wins that would translate into confidence for 2024. I just don't buy that. I'm sure many of you will wholeheartedly disagree. I'm sorry if this idea is too pragmatic, too robotic, and offends your sensibilities. But no, I frankly have no concern whatsoever that a long losing streak to end the season would condition, say, Sam Howell to enjoy or tolerate or expect losing in the future. I think that's nonsense. He, for one, is a fierce competitor, and the overwhelming majority of these players at the professional level are the same. When they kick off next August or September with a completely new everything, a completely new everyone in charge, and eight to ten new starters, 
all of those players are going to believe that they can win the Super Bowl. And all of those players are going to believe that it's a new era of winning Washington football thanks to the new ownership group, new executives, and new coaches. The only way in which these last six potential losses will be remembered is by draft position. That's just how I feel. So with that in mind, I hope they keep up the good work. 